And before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I want to talk to you a bit this morning about the hopes and the aspirations that God has. And his hope for harried humanity. Have you ever felt like you're just going from one thing to another thing to another and there's no rest for the weary and there's no stopping and things are just pushing harder and you can't take a break and you can barely catch your breath and you're not getting enough sleep and there's more to be done and your to-do list is piling up and how many have felt like that? <laughs> yeah. For the last four years. Well, I want to I wanna tell you something, that the, the scripture this week, and in some of the weeks to come, speak about something really simple, but powerful and important. And that is this, that we have been given the Shabbat by God so that we could rest and we could be refreshed. And I want you to think about it not so much as a demand from God, as a provision from God, because people are saying, I don't know how to, to get out of the pace that I'm in. I don't know how to get off the, the treadmill, if you will. Sometimes we feel like we're those little gerbils or hamsters, just running, 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 and not necessarily getting anywhere, but there's no stopping. The scriptures talk about two different reasons, two different rationales for the Shabbat. And one of them, one of the rationales is is based on creation. It's based on the fact that God created and did his work in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. And I think this is important. It's in Genesis chapter 2. On the seventh day, God finished, had finished his work, and he completed what he had been doing, and on that day he rested from all his work, and then God blessed the seventh day, and he set it apart because on that day he rested from all work of creation that he had accomplished. And then in Exodus 31, verse 17, it refers to that and it says that the Shabbat is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever because in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day he rested and he, and he was refreshed. So it's a sign, but it's also a provision. And it's authoritative from God. It's a way that God works to give us rest and refreshment. When we say it's a sign, it, it's pointing to someone, it's, it, to something. It's pointing to the Lord. You and I are made in the image of the Lord. We are made... Um, to 
to reflect his nature and his character. Now, what I'm about to say is going to be tough for all the type A squared personalities and all the task-driven people and the people who, who do not feel satisfied unless they accomplish everything on their to-do list. <clears throat> of course, it'll be easy for all the, uh, the folks who have no conscientiousness. <laughs> yeah, who don't believe in to-do lists. Even if your personality is driven to accomplish things, God rested on the seventh day in order to show you something, and that is, it is part of our nature, having been made in the image of God, to work for six days and then rest. Now, we know this. We know that some people, because of the callings in their life, they're they're in the military, they're in the police, they're in uh, first responders of different kinds, they're doctors or they're in training or education that requires of them that they work too hard and too long hours for a season. We know that. And be gracious towards yourself if you're in one of those seasons where the demands on your life require that you work exceedingly beyond um, what you would want to or have to, but it's necessary. Be gracious towards yourself in that respect. But even God Almighty took a day off. So we know this, it's in our nature because we're made in the image of God, even if it goes against our personality. So don't confuse your nature being in the image of God with your personality. Your personality is God-given, but it needs to be subject to the will of God, or it can be subject to the will of God. So that's one of the explanations. There's another explanation that's given for Shabbat in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, the seventh day is the Shabbat to the Lord your God on which you must not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter or your manservant or your maidservant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the gerim, the foreigner within your gate, so that even your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. And here's the rationale, verse 15. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, and that's why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the day of Shabbat. So two different rationales, and our response is to accept both of them. Both of them are true. The, the first one because God rested on the seventh day speaks to our internal response and our nature. The second one, because we were slaves and now we're not, so we take a day of rest and we give others around us under our authority and responsibility, we give them a day of rest too. 
That's having to do with external forces and external conditions that we are now free to exercise authority over. Now, having been in the Messianic movement for a long time, I've, I've noticed that some people get all troubled and confused about Shabbat. And it, it becomes such a heavy burden that it no longer becomes a joy or a blessing. And some people are trying to figure out how to do Shabbat exactly right. And even in the time of Yeshua, this was a question that many people had, what's permitted on Shabbat, what's not permitted. And I want to take you to two scriptures that speak to this, Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. Yeshua says this, the Shabbat was made for mankind. Let's say that together. The Shabbat was made for mankind, not mankind for the Shabbat. Let's say that. Not mankind for the Shabbat. And then verse 28. And so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Shabbat. That's interesting. Yeshua is giving a definitive interpretation about Shabbat. How do you understand Shabbat? Well, first of all, Shabbat is not one of the top two commands. The greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. The second command, like it, and goes together with it, is to love your neighbors yourself. But Shabbat is one of the great commands. But Yeshua says it was made for us not us for it. So we are not servants of Shabbat. Shabbat is serving us. And here's the thing. It's serving us so that we can be rested and refreshed. And if you don't, if you don't have Shabbat, you still have a need for rest and refreshment, right? And you can see all the things that people like to do to try to uh, get rest and refreshment. Leisure. But have you ever known people, they take more and more time off and they're more and more tired? Because leisure is a good thing, but it's not the same thing. Refreshment is something people are looking for, and some people think adult beverages is the key for getting refreshed, for relaxing enough. But you know where that can go in excess. The rest and refreshment that the Lord has for us is not like those things. It's something else. It's, it's quieting down our life and being less concerned with our productivity on this one time and bringing to completion things each week that we need to do. So for all the type A personalities, here's the good side. When you make your to-do list and you're trying to accomplish things, understand this, you want to wrap those things up before Shabbat and then take a break and then start them up again because it will serve you. It'll be a pause that refreshes you. It encourages you. It brings release to you. Now, I remember when I was 
struggling with some questions about the commands of God and, and how to deal with all of them simultaneously. Have you ever had that struggle? You want to do everything? And I, I went to a rabbi, Rabbi Murray Silverling. He was someone I just asked this question to. I posed him this question. Don't we have to do it all? And he said, it'd be good to do even one thing, and then another, and then another. And he talked about a principle that's, I think, really true, and it's characteristic of the new covenant, and that is this, that God will write his Torah on our hearts and on our minds. And he, in fact, will manage the process by which we become more and more faithful to his word. You can't do everything at once, but if you're going to start, start with the first two. Get those in your life, and the rest will come to play in your life. But I, I want this to be really clear. When I talk about Shabbat, I'm not talking about how can you keep Shabbat in an orthodox Jewish way, or how can you keep Shabbat in an uh, ultra-orthodox Jewish way. Or how can you keep Shabbat in an ultra, ultra orthodox way? You might not have known there are all those ways. Or how can you keep Shabbat in a modern orthodox way? Or how can you keep Shabbat in a conservative Jewish way? Or how can you keep Shabbat in a reformed Jewish way? Or a reconstructionist Jewish way? I'm talking about how do you keep Shabbat in a messianic way, in light of Messiah being the Lord of the Shabbat. He's the Lord of the Shabbat. Now here's something Yeshua said. It's in John 7, verse 23. He did something on purpose that was meant to be provocative. It was meant to be provocative because he was trying as both Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua and Yeshua the Messiah, because he's both, right? He's the great teacher, but he's also Mashiach, and he's Adonai, he's Lord, so he's all those things. So he was trying to get the people around him to get their focus on Shabbat the way he saw it. And so he did something to stir up everybody around him. He healed someone. He actually raised the question, is it actually permitted on Shabbat to heal? And then he healed someone. And it really upset some folks because it was construed as out of bounds according to their understanding of the law of God. And then Yeshua gave an interpretation here in John 7, 23. He says, now, if on the Shabbat a boy can be circumcised so that the Torah of Moses is not broken, are you angry with me because on the Shabbat I made a man whole? Are, are you missing the point of Shabbat? 
The point of Shabbat is not to add so many burdens that everybody just gets weighted down and is exhausted or confused or feels separated from God because they're not keeping the rules and regulations the way someone told them. Yeshua is saying, I want to heal you. I want to give you rest. That's part of Shabbat. What's the normal greeting we have here in the synagogue on Shabbat? Shabbat Shalom. And what does Shabbat Shalom mean? It's simple. The first word means Shabbat. The second word means Shalom. Yeah, it's, it's really easy. <laughs> Don't think it's so hard. <clears throat> now, Shabbat is that time period of rest that was marked uh, in Genesis as from sundown Friday, we would call it that now, to sundown Saturday. It's the seventh day, and it's Erev, it's evening, it's Boker, it's morning, and then it's a full day. So it's from sundown one to sundown the next day. So that Shabbat, you could call it Friday evening to Saturday sundown, you could call it that. And shalom, what does shalom mean? Well, it can mean peace, but when we use it that way, we have to understand it doesn't mean the absence of conflict. It means the presence of something positive. Now, it can also mean hello and goodbye. So some people say Shabbat shalom. It's a way of saying hello on Shabbat. And then when they're leaving, Shabbat shalom. It's like aloha, which is why I think that the Hawaiians may be secretly Jewish <laughs> because they also don't know whether they're coming or going and use the same word for both. <laughs> but shalom actually means more than hello. And it means more than peace. It also means wholeness, completion, fullness, and completeness. Now, when you understand that, then you can interpret Yeshua's words a little bit differently, and you can say, are you angry with me because on Shabbat, I gave shalom to a man, and it touched his body, and then it touched his soul, and it touched his spirit. Now, why did Yeshua put it that way? Because he understands that the purpose of Shabbat is to restore us by being quiet before God, by being peaceful, by separating out time in our calendar so we can be with other people in the house of God, worshiping the Lord together, marking the beginning of the period and the end of the period, and, and dedicating this time to the Lord for the purpose of resting with God and being refreshed. It's a time for healing. It's a time for renewal. It's a time for provision of rest. So you could say that Shabbat, according to the teachings and practices of Yeshua, Shabbat is an ancient cure for exhaustion and burnout. And the best that's ever been given. Now, 
if you tend to be, I can use one word, legalistic, you might miss the whole purpose of Shabbat. Because you might come up with ways to comply with the rules, but miss the purpose. In which case, you didn't actually have Shabbat. You just had a day off. Or you did something else. But instead of having rest, you troubled yourself unnecessarily. Because you didn't enter into the rest that God has for you. You see, one of the companions, the prophet Isaiah says, one of the companions of rest is repentance. Repentance and rest are your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But there was a rebuke to Israel, but you didn't want that. You wanted something else. Yeah, don't forget to... The toddler's nursery is now closed, parents. So get your toddlers. The other kids are continuing in their classes for a few more minutes. I'm sharing all this because God has a hope and a plan for you. He has some desires for you. And there's a wonderful passage in Jeremiah 29 Verse 11, it's, it's really what I want to close with. It wasn't in any of our readings. But the Lord says this, I know the thoughts that I have. And I know what I'm thinking about you. This is what the Lord says, they're thoughts of shalom. And they're not thoughts of evil towards you in order to give to you a future and a hope. How is God thinking about you? You see, when you turn to him in repentance, in trust, with confidence, God can start accomplishing for your benefit, all the good things he has in mind for you. And what's he thinking about? He's thinking about your future. He's thinking about your hopes. There are things he wants to do that he's already put in your heart, and he wants you to come into them. And it may be that you've lost sight of them. Remember how Moses lost sight of his own future and the future of Israel? Because he was trapped in his situation and circumstances. And then in the solutions he came up with to cope with those. But they robbed him of a sense of vision about where God wanted to go. And in the same way, you can be enslaved to something the harried life, the busy life, the need to provide for yourself, your personality. There are so many things that could enslave you. But God is thinking hopefully towards you. And he's thinking, I've got an idea. I know how this is going to turn out. There's good I want to do for you. I just want you to settle down. The... <laughs> In several places where the scripture talks about quietness, it uses the 
you know, the word comb. Like, I want to comb you down. I want to give quietness to your soul. But what about all the worries? Yeah, I want to calm those down. How? Because you find rest and you lift up to the Lord the good things that, that you know he's put in your heart that you're still hoping for. Faith is a substance of the things you're hoping for, the things that aren't visible yet, but God's written in your heart. Now, I want to encourage you, because some of you, you have hope, but it has been put on a dimmer switch. And instead of being bright, it's on, but it's barely on. And I want you to, to like, turn the switch and, and get it bright again, because this is how God is, is viewing you. It's what he wants to do for you. He wants to fulfill great things for you. He wants to give you Shabbat Shalom. Now, I can imagine some people get nervous whenever we talk about Shabbat as the scriptures do because it's, it seems to be so Jewish and bounded by Jewish things. But um, relax. <laughs> Shabbat was made for you. The center of the universe is not Shabbat. The center of the universe is the Lord, right? He's the key to everything. Well, my hope for you my deep desire for you is that you would renew and restore your hope that God has for you, the things that he wants you to keep wanting and to keep expecting, knowing this, no one hopes for what they already have. So if you've already got it, you're not hoping for it. You can be grateful for it. So what it means is what you don't have, this that the Lord has put in your heart, this is what he wants you to hope for. It's not wishful thinking. It's not about materialism. It's not about your dreams. It's about his dreams. What does he want to do for you, with you, through you, so that you can live a blessed life? Who's in favor of a blessed life? Who's in favor of having some rest, finally, Okay, there's provision. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to invent it. It's already been given to us and for us. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the last word is really this. In the scriptures it says, so redeem the time because the times are evil. And it uses, in the Greek, the, the same concept that you find in the Hebrew that redemption is the purchasing out of slavery. So, you know what that means? You gotta buy your time back. Buy it back. Get your time out of slavery so that your time can be free so that you can serve the Lord with your time and enjoy all the benefits that come to you. 
Now here's the good news. If you're struggling with what I'm saying, it gives you something to pray about. (laughs) And if you say, I can't rest, set that aside. I want you to only think about one thing. What do you want? Because I've learned this, that the people who say, here's my current circumstance, but Lord, I would love to enter into the rest and refreshment that my schedule doesn't currently permit. Um, You know what? When you start talking to God that way, he'll move earth and heaven to fulfill that thing he put in your heart because you're wanting what he wants for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being concerned about our well-being, for not only creating us in your image so that we can participate with you in a day of rest, but you also, Lord, can be master of the universe and the world around us. And so let us learn to enter into your Shabbat, to do our labor faithfully and then to rest. And let it be, Lord, that we find rest for our weary souls, and that you would deliver us, Lord, from the 24-7 slash 365 pressures of this modern era. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise if you're standing by yourself? Please move enough so that you're not. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ye'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasem lecha. Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.